Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Broken Ladder by Keith Payne, a thought provoking examination of the multifaceted impacts of economic and social inequality in contemporary society. Released in 2017, this book sheds light on how the growing wealth disparity has profound psychological and social consequences, extending far beyond simple financial metrics. Keith Payne, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at the University of North Carolina, brings his substantial expertise in the psychology of inequality to the discussion. His extensive research is complemented by features in notable publications such as The Atlantic and The New York Times. Through his writing, which has also appeared in Scientific American and Psychology Today, Payne has established himself as a formidable voice on how wealth distribution affects human cognition and emotion. The Broken Ladder is a key read, not just for those rooted in the field of social psychology, but for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of the ways in which inequality insidiously infiltrates our perceptions, well-being, and societal structures. Whether you are a professional exploring the ramifications of economic divides or a curious individual striving to grasp the far-reaching implications of this global issue, this book promises to offer valuable insights. So let's get ready to explore how and why, as the rich continue to amass wealth, the rest of the world feels the pinch, regardless of their material possessions. Join us as we summarize the essential takeaways from the broken ladder and discuss its relevance in our everyday experiences. The Broken Ladder how inequality affects the way we think, live, and die. Introduction. Climbing the Broken Ladder, Understanding the Deep Impact of Inequality on Society. Picture a ladder with each rung representing a different level of society's socioeconomic statuses. This ladder is broken. Those at the bottom face a treacherous climb while the upper rungs seem out of reach for many. In The Broken Ladder, we explore not just the mechanics of this fractured system, but the profound effects this imbalance has on individuals' health, well-being, and behavior. Feeling poor isn't just a state of mind. It translates into real health outcomes, akin to the effects of physical poverty. The stress of perceived inferiority can undermine health as powerfully as the scarcity of resources. Moreover, the anxiety that comes with social comparison can spike stress hormones like cortisol, revealing a biological cost to keeping up with the proverbial Joneses. In this narrative, we'll unravel the complex web of consequences wrought by income disparity. For instance, we'll delve into the bizarre case of a grilled cheese sandwich that fetched a whopping $28,000. Why? Not just because it was claimed to bear the image of the Virgin Mary, but because it's a testament to the extraordinary lengths people will go to ascertain their place in society's pecking order. We'll also tackle the issue of stress and its connection to status, unpacking the reasons why those on lower social rungs often experience elevated stress levels that contribute to both mental and physical ailments. Lastly, we'll question the dramatic wage gaps in fields like professional sports contemplating whether the star players in Major League Baseball truly need to earn exponentially more than their fellow athletes, 
or even than some small nation's GDP. The broken ladder goes beyond mere numbers and statistics. It's about the stories behind the figures, the human element within the data, and the invisible threads that weave through the fabric of society, threads tightened by inequality's relentless pull. Join us as we reveal the unseen yet powerful forces at play in a world where the ladder to success is not just steep, but often broken. Part 1. Perceived Poverty and Its Relative Nature to Our Social Surroundings Imagine stepping into the grand halls of a historical palace. The ornate tapestries, regal ambiance, and sheer magnificence could make anyone feel like royalty. Yet, if we ponder Louis XIV's life without the conveniences of modern living, no streaming services, smartphones, or even central heating, we might realize the Sun King wasn't living quite so luxuriously by today's standards. What matters in this narrative isn't the actual absence of luxury, but our perception of wealth and poverty in relation to those around us. The startling truth is that feelings of poverty aren't always an accurate reflection of one's financial status. Studies show that a mere 20% of individuals who perceive themselves as poor actually fall below the poverty line. Thus, we're left to question, why do a vast majority consider themselves impoverished despite having moderate to high incomes? For context, let's consider a family physician with an annual income of $200,000. She enjoys a spacious home, reliable transportation, and a plethora of material goods. Seemingly, she lacks nothing. But when comparing her assets to her neighbor, a neurosurgeon with an income of $800,000, she may suddenly perceive herself as economically inferior. She may even feel as though she's living from paycheck to paycheck, a sentiment that seems absurd, yet is relatively common. Now, let's turn the mirror towards ourselves. If asked about our income, we can likely provide a straightforward answer. But if questioned about whether we make enough money, the response becomes more complex. What does enough truly encompass? Unlike the physical sensation of hunger that alerts us to our need for food, we lack an innate gauge for financial sufficiency. The only parameter we have is comparison. Do we possess less impressive material goods than our peers? Do they navigate financial hardships with more ease? These comparisons shape our own sense of economic fulfillment and sow the seeds of perceived poverty regardless of the numbers in our bank accounts. As we journey further, we will explore how these perceptions influence not just our individual sense of self, but also the societies we construct and inhabit. We'll see the profound impact of feelings of poverty on our lives and the broader implications for social dynamics and community health. Part 2. The Hidden Cost of Relative Deprivation It's not about being poor, it's about feeling poorer than others. Did you know that simply feeling poorer than others can bring a host of unwelcome experiences? It's a phenomenon that can lead to mental and physical health issues that one might assume are reserved for those in actual poverty. But it's not necessarily about what's in your wallet. It's about how your wallet compares to those around you. Let's unpack this. Feeling poor, even when you're not, can make you more susceptible to depression, anxiety, chronic pain, obesity, diabetes, and heart complications. It can skew your perception, leading you down the path of conspiracy theories, diminish your performance at work, 
and steer you towards questionable life choices. All this stemming from the relative sense of poverty rather than its absolute presence. Here's the heart of the matter. Our social comparisons can wreak havoc on our well-being even when we're financially stable. The science shows that humans, much like our primate relatives, are acutely aware of our social status. We're wired to measure ourselves against others. And when we perceive an imbalance, it stings. Just look at studies with monkeys. Offer a monkey a cucumber slice for completing a task, and he'll gladly take it, until he sees another monkey receive a grape for the same task. Suddenly, that cucumber isn't so appealing. The perceived injustice is too strong. The value of the cucumber hasn't changed, but its worth in the monkey's eyes has plummeted due to a simple comparison. This drive for equitable status and fairness drives much of our dissatisfaction when we observe the staggering wealth disparities in the world. With a minuscule elite controlling wealth equivalent to that of the masses, it's no wonder that feelings of relative poverty are on the rise. As we journey further into this exploration, we'll discover how the sense of relative poverty influences our decision-making and risk-taking behaviors, often to our detriment. It's not the absolute state of wealth that dictates our contentment and choices, but the perception of where we stand on the prosperity ladder relative to others. Part 3. How the illusion of inequality shapes our decisions and fuels dangerous choices. Picture this. You're part of an intriguing experiment. You've just answered a barrage of questions about your financial life and you've been assessed against others who share your background. The result? A supposedly precise calculation of your net worth relative to your peers. With that fresh in your mind, you're handed $20 and faced with a choice. Keep it, or roll the dice on a gamble that could increase your winnings. Would your decision sway under the influence of the figure you've just seen? Chances are, it would. Herein lies a potent truth. Inequality doesn't just exist. It alters our mindset and behavior, nudging us towards decisions we might not otherwise make. In the True Life rendition of this study, participants reported dramatically different levels of willingness to gamble based on the artificial comparative wealth score they received. Surprisingly, 60% of those who believed they were relatively wealthy were willing to gamble, but a staggering 88% of the poorer individuals were inclined to take the risk. Keep in mind, neither group's financial status had genuinely changed. The numbers were fabricated, but their influence on behavior was real. Participants exhibited a similar pattern when prompted with financial choices involving delayed gratification. Those with poorer scores preferred immediate, smaller payouts over waiting for a more lucrative reward. Conversely, the richer group accepted delayed gratification for the promise of a bigger prize down the line. Notably, these choices didn't mirror real income, but rather the perceived financial standing compared to peers. What does this mean for us? It suggests a powerful narrative. Inequality itself, not just actual income levels, is a catalyst for risky and sometimes self-destructive behavior. In our next segment, we'll broaden our scope and explore how these individual reactions to perceived inequality ripple outwards, 
influencing our conduct not solely as independent actors, but as interconnected members of a larger society. Part 4. How the widening gap between rich and poor fuels divisiveness and political extremity. You've probably noticed that the political climate in many democracies has become fraught with conflict, to the point where even family dinners can turn into heated debates. Factionalism is on the rise, with political parties more dogmatic and the public more balkanized than ever before. Behind this escalating divide, inequality is a prime suspect. Inequality doesn't just affect how individuals behave, it can deeply influence the fabric of society, leading to greater social strife and entrenched partisanship. An experiment conducted by researchers revealed the link between financial disparity and societal division. Participants made investments with a given amount of seed money and were then falsely informed that they had either outperformed or underperformed compared to others, even though everyone had achieved the same returns. The illusion of financial distinction was enough to polarize their views on taxation. Those who believed they had earned more favored lower taxes, and those who felt they had earned less supported higher taxes. Self-interest seemed to drive these choices. Those with more wanted to keep more. Yet the study illuminated a deeper trend. Participants who thought they were financial high flyers not only disagreed with, but also disdained those who supported higher taxes. They labeled them as uninformed and inept. They even suggested that individuals holding opposing views should be stripped of their decision-making power. On the flip side, Participants who considered themselves less fortunate financially were more inclined to support equal voting rights for all, including those with opposing views. Consider the implications here. As people feel more financially successful, their tolerance for dissenting opinions diminishes. When you translate this dynamic to a societal scale, it's not difficult to see how increasing inequality can lead to divisions that cement extreme political ideologies and erode the mutual respect necessary for a functioning democracy. Breeding contempt for opposing views only fragments society further, creating fertile ground for discord and political polarization. As the gap widens between the rich and the poor, we witness an escalation in societal rifts, driving the narrative that inequality isn't just an economic challenge, but a threat to the cohesive operation of our democracies. Part 5. Equality's Role in the Health and Well-Being of a Nation's Citizens It's commonly understood that affluent nations boast higher life expectancies and better overall health compared to their less wealthy counterparts. Similarly, within these prosperous realms, personal wealth often correlates with health outcomes. However, there's an under-recognized factor at play in such countries. An individual's perceived social status often predicts their health more accurately than their actual income level. In essence, the subjective feeling of one's social ranking is as influential on health as the objective state of one's finances. In societies marked by severe income disparity, there's a striking pattern. Health outcomes are notably worse than in societies with a fairer wealth distribution. This link between health and inequality isn't as straightforward as a direct causation from feeling socioeconomically inadequate. It's intricately tied to a myriad of health conditions, 
particularly those exacerbated or triggered by stress. The correlation between economic struggles and elevated stress levels might be intuitive. Yet, intriguingly, there's also a direct relationship between stress and low social standing, verified across numerous studies. To illustrate, consider an animal study from Wake Forest University involving monkeys. Researchers found that individuals lower in the social hierarchy exhibited increased stress hormone levels and inflammation markers. Once the dominant animals were removed, the mid-tier monkeys' stress levels decreased, suggesting a direct connection between social hierarchy and health. Translating this into human society, where various hierarchical structures exist, we begin to understand a key point. Feeling lower in social ranking can elevate stress, impacting health. This theory helps explain why middle-income individuals in a society punctuated by high inequality, like Singapore, might experience poorer health than their counterparts in a more egalitarian setting, such as Finland. As it turns out, the level of equality in a society has profound implications for the physical well-being of its people. Part 6. How disparities cloud our judgment and feed into our search for meaning. Let's imagine you've got $28,000 in your pocket. The possibilities seem endless. Yet, back in 2004, one individual used such a sum to purchase something quite unusual. A grilled cheese sandwich believed to bear the image of the Virgin Mary. Instances of seeing sacred figures in mundane objects aren't as rare as you might think, and there's a curious connection between these occurrences and social inequality. When disparities in power and wealth escalate, they warp our grasp of reality. This phenomenon is known as pareidolia, the human tendency to perceive significant patterns or images in random or vague stimuli. It's a tendency that tends to flourish among those who feel they occupy a lower social status. The reason is tied to a sense of powerlessness. Those at the bottom generally have less control over their lives than those at the top. The illusion of patterns provides a semblance of order in a chaotic world. Psychologists Jennifer Whitson and Adam Galinsky set out to analyze this link between feelings of powerlessness and pareidolia. In their study, participants were prompted to reflect on moments when they felt either completely in control or utterly out of control. Afterwards, they were shown ambiguous images and told to identify concealed pictures which, unbeknownst to them, did not exist. Those dwelling on powerlessness were significantly more prone to insist they saw images within these random patterns. The implications extend beyond harmless misinterpretations. The same experiment showed that people who felt disempowered were more inclined to buy into conspiracy theories. This suggests a sobering truth as the gap widens between the haves and the have-nots. The propensity for finding false patterns and sinister designs could amplify. What starts as a quirky anecdote about a sacred image on toast points to a much deeper issue. There's a real danger when large segments of the population become more susceptible to theories that weave reality out of the unreal. It's a testament to how profoundly economic and social disparities can imprint upon our collective consciousness, shaping not only how we see the world, but also how we interpret its underlying truths. Part 7. When income disparity climbs, workplace morale and performance plummet. 
as you clock in for another day on the job, you might not think about it, but your workplace is a microcosm of society's broader structure, often organized as a hierarchy. Traditional business wisdom tells us that hierarchical structures motivate employees, providing clear paths for advancement and financial reward. Yet, modern data suggests that while inequalities might once have spurred ambition, today's vast income disparities are sowing discord and undercutting performance. This brings us to a paradox. Inequality is not only dampening work satisfaction, but actually sabotaging productivity. Consider the sacred turf of Major League Baseball, a field where income disparity is as stark as the lines demarcating foul and fair territory. Over an eight-year stretch, economist Matt Bloom scrutinized the performance of every baseball team. Common sense may dictate that teams with the largest pay gaps, where a few stars earn astronomical sums, would excel due to the perceived motivational effect of high earnings. Contrarily, Bloom discovered these teams often fared worse. The presence of heavy pay imbalances sapped team spirit and even diminished the performance of the star players. When earnings were more evenly distributed, the overall team morale appeared to boost everyone's game, including that of the highest earners. It's not just on the baseball diamond where inequality strikes out. In typical workplaces, the prevalent anxiety isn't clustered at the top with high-flying executives, but rather pervades the ranks of middle and entry-level employees. With executive salaries skyrocketing and lower-tier wages stalling, it's the people at the heart of the company, the majority, who are increasingly fraught with stress. This isn't just a matter of frayed nerves. It affects how well the company functions as a whole. The inevitable question arises, isn't there a better way to structure our workplaces? One where motivation isn't driven by towering income disparities, but rather by equitable treatment and shared success. With the evidence pointing to better outcomes in more evenly balanced environments, perhaps it's time to rethink our hierarchical norms. Part 8. Transforming Despair into Action. Strategies for Coping with and Reducing Inequality. The shadow of income inequality looms large over our society, and it may seem as though the situation is worsening. It's weighing down on our collective well-being, making us sick, sad, and at odds with one another. From the impoverished to the well-off, the pervasive sense of insufficiency is palpable. But don't lose heart. There's a glimmer of hope and actionable steps we can take. Yes, we can take active measures to not only address but also alleviate the harsh side effects of rampant inequality. Start with these dual objectives. First, strive for societal change to lessen inequality. Second, refine the lens through which we view our accomplishments in comparison to others. Political transformation is critical for the long haul. This means engaging in societal organization, casting informed votes, and pushing legislators towards policies that redistribute wealth more evenly. It's a formidable endeavor that requires time and tenacity. But there are immediate, personal changes you can employ. Learn to identify moments of unhelpful comparison and deliberately opt for healthier benchmarks. Celebrate your current assets instead of dwelling on deficits. 
reframe your comparisons internally. How have you grown or improved over the last decade? Another effective technique is to critically assess your social environment. If your usual circle accentuates feelings of inadequacy, it may be time to expand your horizons. Perhaps the most powerful tool is to reflect on your core values. Spare a few minutes to jot down what genuinely holds importance in your life. Are these factors tied to a quest for social advancement? Probably not. Actively contemplating your true priorities can be a potent remedy against the involuntary impulse to measure your self-worth against others. Only then might we find ourselves equipped to confidently answer the looming question, do I earn enough? And beyond that, unite with others in pursuit of a society that champions equality. With personal introspection and collaborative effort, we can make strides towards a fairer, more balanced world. Final summary. We find ourselves navigating a world where extremes of wealth and poverty exist side by side, where a mere sliver of the population controls resources on par with that of billions. It creates a chasm that does more than delineate the haves from the have-nots. It actively disintegrates social cohesion and trust, fostering a breeding ground for discontent on multiple fronts. The consequences of such disparity are far-reaching rippling through our health, happiness, and overall sense of community. It feeds anxiety, detracts from our collective productivity, and breeds political short-sightedness that can destabilize the bedrock of democratic societies. This inequality is more than a financial gap. It's a wound that requires a diligent, concerted effort to heal. Indeed, simply alleviating poverty is no panacea for such entrenched divides. Addressing income inequality head-on is vital, shrinking the gap, so to speak, between the towering peaks of wealth and the expansive plains of need. To construct a world where equality is not an ideal but a reality, systemic change is imperative. Through awareness, advocacy and action, both individually and collectively, we can strive to redefine the parameters of prosperity and foster a realm of fairness for all. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.